0: want to ask you a question this morning and I'm not looking for an answer but I have a question for you why are you here why did you bother to get up this morning get yourself ready get your family ready those of you that have children I know how difficult that can be and make your way over here this morning why are you here you know in the Bible in several places Jesus asked people what do you want you know, you think if Jesus was here physically this morning, that he would just hug you and kiss you and slobber all over you and, and uh, you know, wink at what you do every day. Uh, but you know what he would say? What, what are you doing here? What do you want? What do you want? Now, you know, the majority of this community could care less about what goes on here. Okay, uh, there's about 5,000 people just in this town right here. And if 1,000 people this morning went to church, there's still 4,000 people that are all doing something else. I mean, the majority of this community is not one bit interested in what we're doing, but they are watching. I was at the gas station this last week and there was a gentleman there and I know his face from Tulia. I, I don't know his name, but he's familiar to me. And while I was getting fuel, he came over to me and he said, well, I can see your church is full. And I said, yes, sir, it is. I said, God's really been good to us and really blessed us. And here's what I know. The only way he would know that, well, there'd be a couple of ways, either somebody talked to him or he's driven by. Listen, on Sunday morning, people drive by. Okay, to see what we're doing. They drive by on Wednesdays to see what we're doing. And and they're they're trying to figure out what's going on here. And they, they wonder, you know, what's happening over there? Now, let me tell you one more thing. People are watching you. They're watching you your friends, your family, your colleagues, they're watching you. And if you've publicly claimed to be a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've publicly claimed that you believe the Lord Jesus Christ is who he says he is, they're watching you. And you know what they're doing? They're hoping and they're praying that it's real. And that something real has really happened in your life. Because you see, we live in the midst of a hurting, broken world. And I'm not saying we're not broken. My gosh, I'm broken. That's why I needed Jesus Christ as my Savior. But you think about why we show up in this place. And the primary reason is to worship. The primary reason we're here this morning is to suspend our schedule, suspend our routine and show up in God's house and worship him. That's why we're here. Now, we talked last week about how we do a, There's a lot of good things that happen here every time we gather. There's a lot of good things that happen in Ground Zero and in Power Kids. And we read in Acts chapter 2 where people were about kingdom business. And what were they doing? Well, they were, they were looking at God's Word. They were studying doctrine. That's what we're doing right now. Then it says that they prayed together. And we've done that a couple of times this morning. We do it in Ground Zero and Power Kids. Then they broke bread together. Then they hung out and they fellowshiped. That's that's kingdom business. And that happens here every, every time we get together, every time we gather. When you do it in your home and you talk about the good things of God, that's kingdom business around your kitchen table. And we've talked about how it can happen in your pickup. It can happen in a restaurant. It doesn't just happen at church. But that's kingdom business. But when we gather in God's house, we're God's people. Listen, we're a gathering people i heard somebody online this week a a young woman and she said i want to know about the bible but i don't want anything to do with church that person is sadly deceived oh well pastor i know people been hurt by church i know people that have been killed by doctors but you go come on come on all right right I mean, and I'm not picking on anybody, but this person said, I don't want anything to do with church. Listen, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the followers of Jesus Christ gather. And when we gather, we sing together and we worship together in God's presence. You see, Jesus promised that he would be here and and he is here and we're worshiping. Now, there's a lot of other good things going on here. I made a list. I want to read it to you. Listen, when you come to church, whether you came with a friend, whether somebody brought you, whatever it is, or you're, just, you're a regular, uh, we're about kingdom business, but here's what I'd like to see happen in our lives. Hopefully, foremost, you'd hear the gospel and make Jesus Christ your Savior. Listen, you can sit in church and die and go to hell. You can sit in church and die and go to hell. I heard a pastor say half of church members are going to hell. Half. Man, it's nice knowing all 'all. y'all. Y'all be blessed. Man, I'm so glad we're going to be in heaven. Amen. Yeah, right? My brother used to always say, nobody ever goes to hell at a funeral. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, nobody, you know, you can go to somebody's funeral and they get up and talk about what a great person they were and you think, am I at the wrong funeral? I mean, right? Uh, Right? So first and foremost, I want you to receive Christ. Then I want you to grow in Christ. Then I want you to meet other believers and be encouraged. Then hopefully you'll raise your children in a Christian home. Then hopefully if you are clean and sober, you'll stay clean and sober. And if you're not, you'll get clean and sober and you'll become a better man and you'll become a better woman. Now, I want all that to happen here, but primarily... We're here to worship God. Let me read to you in Revelation 4.11. It says, You are worthy, O Lord. God is worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our worship to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and are created. Listen, you and I exist by the will of God. Your heart is beating in your chest this morning by the will of God. You have thought, you have vision, you have taste in your mouth by the will of God. You have family by the will of God. And because of that, listen to what it says. It says, God is worthy. Now, we found out that God inhabits the praises of his people. Psalms 22 says so. We found out that inhabit means to dwell, Okay, it means to enthrone. It means God comes in, and when he does, he sits down. But he doesn't sit on a stool, he sits on a throne. Jesus said that his throne, talking about his throne, Jesus' throne, is glorious. Now I cannot wait. I mean I just, that's a whole nother sermon that I, I can't chase that rabbit too far, but let me chase it for just a second. I cannot wait to see the throne of Jesus Christ. He himself described it as glorious. And he said that everything will be made right. When we worship, listen, it attracts God. Do you ever watch any of those fishing shows where they're fishing and they throw blood in the water because blood attracts sharks, it attracts other fish. Uh, You ever watch those camping shows and the guys put all their food in that little bag and they pull it up with that rope and up high in that tree so that a 1,000-pound grizzly bear can't get it right? Food attracts bears. Okay, blood attracts sharks. Praise attracts God. Isn't that powerful? It gets God's attention. I always thought I had God's attention. Well, that's what you get for thinking. You know, you want to live your own way, do your own thing, but you think God's all interested in what you're doing. Praise attracts God. When you will humble yourself and you'll worship God, it attracts him. I want to prove it to you in Second Chronicles, I almost said Corinthians. Second Chronicles 16 9. Listen to what it says. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. God is looking. Listen. God is looking. Well, what's he looking for, Pastor? To show himself strong in behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. In this you've done foolishly. Therefore, from now on you shall have wars. Now, that's talking about something else. I want to focus on the first sentence. The eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole earth. He wants to show himself strong in behalf of those who are loyal to him. Listen, when you worship God, it draws his attention when you'll humble yourself and you'll sing and you'll praise and you'll lift your hands, God forbid you get on your knees, when you do that, it gets his attention and it draws him. Listen, the devil hates praise. The devil hates worship. The devil hates humility. That's why he'll do everything he can to keep you from praising God. Now, this is a whole nother sermon series, but a lot of times we come into church and we think, hey, I just don't feel like it today. And I wanna be honest with you, it, it, sometimes it's not about you, you're under attack. You're under spiritual attack by the kingdom of darkness. And when you feel like I don't wanna read my Bible, hey, I don't wanna pray, hey, I don't wanna go to church, I don't wanna worship God, it's not just you. It's the kingdom of darkness trying to hold you back. See, the devil doesn't want you worshiping God because he knows daddy will show up. And daddy's already kicked his butt once before. Amen? And so when you worship God, when you humble yourself and praise God, when you lift your hands and worship Jesus, you attract God's attention and he inhabits, he enthrones himself on your praise. Why are you here? Let me read to you this morning in 1 Timothy 2.8. I desire, Paul is speaking, Paul is speaking. He says to Timothy, I desire therefore that men would pray everywhere, not just in church, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. You know what Paul said? Paul said, I would desire that you would learn to pray everywhere and that when you pray, you'd lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Let me read you another verse. This is Psalms 134, verse 2. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary. That's where we are, by the way. When I was growing up in church, that was what it was called, was the sanctuary. Okay. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Bless is another word for praise, another word for worship. God, I'm gonna lift my hands in your sanctuary. I'm gonna lift my hands in your presence and I'm going to bless you. Now that's Psalms 134.2. Let's talk about it for just a minute and I want to encourage you and I wanna challenge you. Okay, I want TCF to be a house of praise. Okay, the Bible says that praise is a weapon. Okay, praise draws God. Praise dispels darkness, depression, discouragement, heaviness. The Bible says put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That verse says that heaviness is a spirit, a demon spirit. So when you feel heavy, and I don't mean heavy from eating spaghetti and meatballs, okay? I don't mean that kind of heavy, amen? I mean just there's a weight on you, and you're tired, and you're fatigued. They're not a normal tired. When you work hard all day, when you take care of children all day, and you get home in the evening, you're tired. I don't mean that kind of tired. I mean a fatigue, a weariness, a heaviness that weighs on your heart, that weighs on your mind, that weighs for you with your children and your grandchildren. It's a spirit. Depression is a spirit. Discouragement is a spirit. And the Bible encourages you and I to slip on the garment of praise and to resist the spirit of heaviness. God inhabits and indwells his praise. And listen, when that happens in this place, I believe the repercussions of it affect this entire area area, this entire community. See, it's not about us just showing up in here, and we're going to sing some songs, and we're going to clap, and we're going to act like we love Jesus. No, we're an army. And when we worship God, it affects, it impacts our family and this entire area. God, I'm going to lift up my hands, and I'm going to bless your name. Well, pastor, you know, that just makes me uncomfortable a little bit, and and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be rude or hateful. I, I can understand that. But let me tell you something. That comes from two places. Okay, two places. Place number one is pride. Okay, I, I don't want to raise my hands because I don't want somebody else looking at me. I don't want somebody else thinking less of me. I don't want to draw attention to myself. And, and the root of that, the seed of that is Pride okay lord i'm not going to humble myself because because of my pride listen to what it says in john 12:43 this is talking about the pharisees it says they love the praise of men more than the praise of god They love the praise of men more than the praise of God. So see, if it's pride that's holding you back, then you're more interested in what your friends think. You're more interested in what people think in church. And listen, you don't want to live in that because the Bible says God resists the proud. Now think about it for just a minute. This is so amazing. When you worship God, when you lift your voice and sing, when you open your heart to the Father, when you humble yourself, it gets his attention and it draws him. But when you decide because of your pride, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to sing. It repels him. Wow. And you know who decides whether he's repelled or drawn? We do. We do. He doesn't decide. We decide. You know, men's retreat. Several years ago, there were a couple of men at men's retreat, and they were about the same age and in about the same place in their life. And and one of them was leaning back and had his arms up, and and he was he he was heavy set, and he was just kind of rolled back, and he had his arms up, and tears were running down his face. And then this other gentleman had his arms folded, and he had that look on his face like, "I'm not doing it. I'm not worshiping God." I'm not going to humble myself. I'm not going to lift my hands. One repelled the presence of God. The other one drew the presence of God. Think how powerful that is. The second reason, and this is men. This is men more than women, but it's men. And this is so true. And, man, you'll resonate with this when I say this, and you'll agree with me that it's true. Men struggle with worship because of shame shame we think about the things we've done we think about the things we've said we think about the things maybe we've been involved in we think about our thought life and we're ashamed we think about the way we've treated our wives and we all can make mistakes myself included and you show up in church and you're ashamed you're ashamed, and you don't show it. You smile. You cover it up, but when it comes time to enter into his gates, when it comes time to lift your hands, when it comes time to sing, you're embarrassed, and you're not embarrassed with people. You're embarrassed with God, and so you kind of hang your head down, and you you just kind of think, man, I would love to worship God, Pastor. I'd love to sing. I'd love to lift my hands, but but you don't understand I'm, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of what I've said. I'm ashamed of the way I've lived. I'm ashamed. And a lot of times, myself included, we don't hold the standard in our home sometimes like we want to, and we get frustrated, and we can be angry, and we can say things and do things, and then we show up in church, and we're ashamed. I want to tell you two things about that. Can I encourage you this morning, if you've struggled with that, to worship God, because of your shame. What do you mean, Pastor? I mean that you recognize that Jesus shed his blood for you. He spilled his blood for you, and you've accepted Christ as your Savior. Heaven is your home. And even though my life is a mess, even though the road is bumpy, even though I've got shame in my life, God, in spite of that, in spite of what anybody thinks, in spite of what's happened, Lord, I just, I love you, and I praise you. Because of my shame. Then the second thing is in spite of it. In spite of it. I know many of you men in this room, and one of the quickest ways I could motivate you is to tell you you can't do something. Now, you know why men work into their 70s and 80s? To show you they can. Because I'm as good as I ever was. Right? Right. And I'm talking to myself. Right. You know, I heard one time years ago that the largest group of men that drowned in Hawaii are men over 50 and they drift out into the ocean and the current carries them off and they die and they never see them again. And they said the primary reason is they overestimate their ability. I knew somebody several years ago at Lake McKenzie uh, was an older gentleman and he wanted to go water skiing and his family was out with the boat and he was an older guy and he jumped in and got the water skis on and pulled up and when they pulled him up out of the water, he pulled his hamstring loose. Now, anybody can do that and I understand that, don't get me wrong, but it was like that body wasn't quite ready to water ski. And I'm not saying don't, I'm not saying don't do anything, but what I'm saying is, <clears throat> is we let pride and shame hold us back. So here's all I want. I'm just challenging you, in spite of your shame, worship God anyway. Because of your shame, worship God anyway. When you feel like not worshiping God, recognize that's the devil and his motive is to keep God away from me. God, I'm going to praise you and I'm going to worship you and I'm going to sing and I'm going to lift my hands and I'm going to glorify your name and I'm not going to give in to pride. I'm not going to give in to shame and I don't care who likes it. The Bible says that's what David did in the Old Testament. He danced before the Lord and his wife was embarrassed. And he said, I don't care if you're embarrassed. I'm going to embarrass you even more. And I'm not asking you to do something to embarrass yourself. That's not my heart or my goal. My goal is, is that we're a church that worships. We're a people that worships. We're men who are worshipers. You know, we're going to men's retreat in two weeks, and you guys really do worship good. Some of the best worship I've ever been in in my life was men's retreat. Seriously, you guys that have been to ministry Retreat, some of the best worship I've ever been in was at Men's Retreat. And guys sing and shout and cry out to God, and then they get home in church on Sunday, and they're like this. Right? And, and they, go back, they go back into that shame and back into that pride. Listen, get free of that. God, I'm going to worship you. God, I'm going to humble myself. God, when I praise you, it gets your attention. When I praise you, it draws you, and it repels darkness. And God, I want you in my life. Now, I'm not saying God's not in your life, but you get God's attention when you praise him, when you worship him. Another place in the Bible, and I don't have time to talk about it, but I'll just throw it out for fun, giving gets God's attention. Giving gets God's attention. God is a giver. Men are hoarders, and the devil is a thief. That's a six week series. Let me say it again God is a giver, man is a hoarder, and the devil is a thief. That's good. It gets God's attention when you give. It gets God's attention when we worship him. I've so enjoyed studying for this series. It has so ministered to me and encouraged me. God, I want to lift up my hands, and I'm going to glorify your name. Because why? Because you're worthy. And I'm going to eat a donut, have some coffee, laugh, and fellowship, pray together, hear the word of God. But, God, I'm here to worship you, and I'm suspending my schedule and my routine, and God, I'm making time for you. Hey, I don't have time. No, I'm making time. I'm making time for God. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand up and let's pray. Hey, let's just close your eyes. We got a couple of minutes. We're doing good on time. Would you close your eyes right where you're standing? And I just want you to answer the question this morning that I asked. Why are you here? Why are you here? Why did you come this morning? Why are you here? Years ago, we had a family that came to church here years ago. And uh, it was a, a, a grand set of grandparents and and family, you know, young adults and and with kids. And, and the grandpa died. And when he died... Uh, I went and had lunch with one of his sons and his son told me, hey, we love church and everything, but we were only here for dad. And they left. Listen, I don't want to be in church for dad. I don't want to be in church for grandpa. I don't want to be in church for mom. I don't want to be in church for my wife. I want to be in church for God. God, I'm here because I want you. I need you. I desperately need you. Father God, I thank you. Lord, would you stir in our hearts this morning that we would be able to answer the question honestly for ourselves of why we're here, what draws us to this place. And Lord, I believe with all of my heart that you speak to us and you stir in us. Father, thank you that we're a praising church. We're a house of praise. We're a house of worship. We're a house of hope and healing and deliverance. God, our lives are different because we gather in your house. And, Father, I'm thankful for it. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Hey, praise God. I love you. Y'all go and be blessed. Have a great rest of your day. We love you.